If you would, turn to Romans chapter 8. Todd, thank you. Praise team, thank you. I overheard Sean Moore and Brother Johnson speaking about uh, down in Peru. It's supposed to, I think the high is supposed to be 65. So much for suffering for the Lord. Please continue to pray for them. I know they would cherish your prayers. Um, <clears throat> That's a, long, that's a little long way for me. I'm, I guess I'm still a homeboy. So, uh, but I do appreciate them. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. We'll go all the way through 38. Uh, there's a guy who bought a brand new, uh, brand new Ferrari. And he's, of course, testing it out. And he's back and forth in the road and back and forth in the road. And all of a sudden he pulls out in front of this big old burly biker guy. And it made him mad, so he pulls off in front of him and slows him down and gets the guy in the forest stopped. And he goes up there and he grabs a wrench out of his saddlebags and rolls up there and he says, and draws a circle in the, in the shoulder of the road. He says, you stay in that circle. If not, I'll beat you to death with this wrench. He goes over there and he starts whipping that car two pieces. Breaks the mirrors off, busts the windshield with headlights and all that. And all of a sudden, guy, he comes back over there and the guy's grinning. He says, why in the world are you grinning and smiling and stuff? I just beat your $150,000 car all to pieces. He goes, I got out of the circle three times and you didn't see me. <laughs> has to be about perspective. We need to many times look at, different, look at things in, in a light of not the way the world tells us. The world is going to always tell us a bunch of stuff. It's, it's made up this narrative of where it leads us away from God. It's always wanting to look at self, that it's all about my feelings, all about your feelings. Uh, can I tell you, I hate to hurt your feelings, but it has very little to do about me or you. It has to do about the one who came and died, who rose three days later, that we can have life, and Todd, that we can have freedom. We think that God's word and God's commandments end up holding us back. But can I tell you, that's what frees us. I believe many times that our souls are actually caged in this flesh. That we should, by the power of God, through his Holy Spirit, and through the guidance of his word, we should just open our wings and fly. Now, I don't want this to sound like an old Steen sermon. I think it is actually true. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a few moments. Romans chapter 18, verse, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I'll be reading out of New King James. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can we get an amen out of that one already? Paul's going, Paul's, uh, going through so many heartaches and so many trials and tribulations he's been beaten by this time he's been left for dead by this time he has been suffered so many different tragedies we would consider them uh, to his own person he says I not even comparable verse 19 for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God for the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because of the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. 
For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains to get <clears throat> together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. Even when ourselves groan within when ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we have saved we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But we but if we hope for what <clears throat> we do not see, we eagerly wait for its perseverance. Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Can we get an amen in that? For we do not know that we should for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart uh, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. For we know that all things work together for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. One of the famous Facebook scriptures right there. Let's continue to read, though. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Can I repeat a few words? To be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, who, uh, whom he predestined, though these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified finish up what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall we not with him also freely give us all things who shall bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies let me repeat it is God who justifies who is the one who condemns it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Notice the Holy Spirit and Christ ends up praying for us, ends up standing in the gap for us between us and God. Here's some good verses. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yet in all things we're more than conquerors. Through him, he, through him who loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for all that you have given. Lord, when your blood was spilt, our hearts were mended between you and us. When we were the enemies of God, you died on a cross and you rose three days later that now we can become the friends of God. So God, now let us live free not free to do what we want, but free to do what you want. Free from the any ties of this world to hold us down, but
freedom to follow you for the rest of our lives. Let us hear your word and do your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Verse 19 is this poetic uh, poetic uh, expectation. It's this beautiful picture of how the world is sort of uh, just sort of aching. And it, 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 we see these many different earthquakes and these many different uh, tragedies going on. And, and I believe it's just, the, it's just sort of the contorting and the, and the twisting of it. It's just sitting there uh, as a horse sort of trying to go against the bed. It's just sitting there just shaking, ready to run. I believe that's what he's talking about here. It's very poetic in the idea that it is waiting, all of creation is waiting for us to be, uh, for us to be finally broken loose from this world and it be remade that we can have life and life to the fullest. It is waiting for the glory of God to finally be shown through his people. It is, it is this, it is this transitional time where we are moving from when we, the first time that that grace showed up, that first hour, that grace showed up from that time on, this whole conforming ourselves, excuse me, him conforming us to the, son, the picture or the image of his son, it, it is this whole idea that the whole creation is just saying, come on, come on, hurry up, please, hurry up. We're waiting for you. It is of this perseverance that he's talking about, of this, this whole transition, this whole conforming to the image of his son. The whole creation is just sitting there and it's just hot, ready to see the, the breaking forth of God's glory in us. How does all this happen? Well, it ends up being a process in some sorts. Now, it is not a process that we can check off, okay? Please don't do not misunderstand me. Many times I am guilty as charged. I need a checkoff list, okay? This one's first, this one's second, this one's third, you know, on down, and i got to check them off. Can I tell you that this is not one of those processes? When I'm using the word processes, is that it is not just a real quick thing. Oh, all right, we're done, and we've got to go on. It is, it is a process. This is not a 100-yard dash. This is a full-on 26.2 marathon. This will not happen overnight. It's coming forth of God's glory within us because we're being conformed to the image of the Son will not happen overnight. Notice that Paul is going through trials and tribulations. He's been beaten. He's been uh, left for dead. He's been all these things. He's saying, listen, it's not going to happen overnight. So I'm saying the process is not a just all right, wake up next morning, hey, image of the Son right here. Okay? What I am saying is, is that the process is going to take a long time. It's pretty much going to take about the time that you met Christ to the time that you draw your last breath here on earth. It's about how long. Okay? Now then, I want to talk about justification for just a minute. Grudem's systematic theology, I forget Grudem's first name. I don't know him personally, but I've read some of his books. 
Justification is the instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks our sin, uh, thinks of our sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us. And number two, and declares us to be righteous in his sight. Verse 30 and 33 say this, Moreover, whom he has predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these also justified. Whom he justified, these are also glorified. Okay? Verse 33. Who shall uh, bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Now then, notice that it is not built on our actions. It is built on, it is started off, it is birthed, by our faith. It says in Romans chapter 4 that it was by the faith of Abraham that righteousness was imputed, that it was set up, paid in full, is actually what that word means, is that we are now righteous. Everything's been paid for. We are now righteous because of Christ. There's this scandal that went on that Jesus died for our sins and he rose three days later. Now we make this really scandalous trade of our sins and we get his righteousness. Can I tell you, God got a bum deal there, except that God can take any deal and make it great. Justification means that we're right before God. I've never been a chicken farmer, so I'm taking this story on people that have read this story, who read this story about a chicken farmer, I guess. The science actually fits. <clears throat> Supposedly chickens are somewhat um, cannibalistic. If they see blood, they attack it. So if chickens get together and they start to fight and all of a sudden chickens start to bleed, they actually start attacking that, that chicken until it's dead. Okay? So what was the fix for that? Some have actually had a really good fix, and that was they would put red tint upon the windows of the chicken house. And uh, Cole probably learned this at State with all his lighting degree and all of that. But once you put tint over a window from the light source, it actually pull, keeps that red color here at the window, and it doesn't show up where the blood's at. So now when they bleed, they're actually bleeding white. Scripture says that our sins are like crimson. Our sins are like crimson. But now there's been a covering of blood. When God's light shines through, now God looks down and wears white snow. There's actually, I saw this on storage wars, there's actually, they even actually made sunglasses for chickens. And it's like, look them up, look them up, sort of shaped like this. And it goes over the beak and clips on. And they got two little things, and they're red. Same thing, red filters right here, and they can't see but why. Let's look at it a different way. Here, let me get my hair dryer out here. Went to Walmart, and I left this thing at my other one at home, and I'm like, can I, can you send me to your hair dryers at Walmart? They sent me this thing, these cords, and it looked like a gun. I don't know what that was. Anyway, when we're covered by the blood of Jesus, when we're made righteous for God, when we're covered, when we're justified by the blood of Jesus, when God looks down, he doesn't see anything. Now, let me state this. It is, 
God who justifies us, right? So when he looks down on us, it's not that he can't see what's going on under here. It's that because of righteousness, because of what Jesus has done, is he chooses, and because of justification, he then cannot see what's going on under here. So when he looks down at me, here I am, hello, here I am, and I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, right? Right, thank you, all right. What's going on under here? How many fingers am I holding up? Ooh. So, here I am covered by the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you that many times under here there's a whole bunch of chaos and there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of lot of stuff. But when God looks down, he sees what? The blood of Jesus. Now then, justification says that I'm covered by the blood and I'm made righteous in his sight. Correct? Would y'all agree? In churches, they say amen. I'm covered by the blood. When he looks down at me, the word also actually means as if I had never, ever sinned. It's what justification means. I'm covered by the blood. Now then, let's look at verse 29. Now we're going to, let me just stop for just a second. I hate to do this, but I have to because I know what's going to happen. But it says something about predestined here in the Bible. Does that really mean predestination? Does it mean foreknowledge? All that? Please, let's, don't, let's just not think about that for just a second. By the way, it both has foreknowledge and predestination, so if infinite mind belong right there, okay? But let's not worry about that just for a second. Let's read the rest of it. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of his Son. Amen? Now then, here I am, right? Excuse me. Hello? I'm covered by the blood, right? Now then, positionally... I'm considered covered in the blood, correct? Now then, is there still some sin under here? Have I become perfect because I'm under here? No. It's okay. That pork chop is not perfect. Okay? There's still some stuff going on under here. I'm not proud of it. I wish I could just not sin. We probably, Hopefully y'all have had those prayers, dear God, if you just help me not sin. There's stuff going on under here. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some stuff under here that I would not want anyone to see. Now then, to be conformed to the image of his Son, now we have the Holy Spirit. Now then, we have God up here looking down, and what do we see? What does he see? The righteousness of Christ, covered by the blood. Looks down, oh, well, there's pork chop. He's covered by the blood. Got a whole bunch of mess going on over here, though. It gets chaotic sometimes. It gets crazy sometimes. And sometimes I just say, God, buzz off. I want to do what I want to do. Looks down, and I'm what? Covered by the blood. Been tinted by red. It's been tinted by blood. I'm white as snow now. Looks down. Oh, he's never sinned before. Now then, Holy Spirit, though, is under here. What are we doing? Well, 
God has chosen not to see because he's covered of the blood. Holy Spirit is actually moving and working and is molding. It is breaking me where at some point in time when it's all said and done, when I draw that last breath, rose out and God goes, huh, there's Jesus. Now the language here, if I understand it correctly, means that he's drawing us, he is enticing us to be conformed. But can I tell you, if you are a lot like me, and I figure we're not that much different. You don't have as good a haircut as I do, but we're not much different. Is is that sometimes, even though he entices us, we don't follow. Which means that if we're to we to be conformed means it's going to happen. That means that sometimes he has to drag us, kicking and screaming, to be conformed to this world. Can I tell you that for some of us, the reason why we we come we get saved and we do what we're supposed to do, and all of a sudden we want to go back to the world. Can I tell you why it's, it's so frustrating? Because we go back to do what we used to do in the world. It's, it's foreign to us, and it's crazy to us, and we don't know what to do. The reason is, is he's conforming us. He's dragging us down that road to being conformed like Christ. That after it's all said and done, here I am, and God goes, huh, that's Jesus. That's my son. We're justified by faith that after it's all said and done, we will look like Jesus. Isn't it funny how mamas, all of the mamas in the house, appreciate you guys. Y'all are amazing creatures. It is funny that a whole slew of mamas in the house would let one kid go, Mama! And only the one turns around and says, what? You know the voice, don't you? Isn't it amazing that how we know one of our kinfolk, we know one of our loved ones, even though they're a long ways off, we can't see their face, but we can actually go, oh, that's so-and-so. Why? Because we know the way they walk. Can I tell you, all of creation is waiting for us one day when we all that know him and walk with him will come out of here and go, huh. There's Jesus. Well, wait a minute. There's Je- well, there's Jesus. Well, wait a minute. There's Jesus right there. Well, he's right over there too. Well, well, wait a minute. He's right there. Oh, wait a minute. He's right there. Well, he's right there everywhere. Jesus is everywhere. Can I tell you that the whole creation is just waiting for us to, for God's glory to be brought upon us that we will be conformed to the image of his son. Jesus was the prototype. He was the first. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus both are just praying and in words and in groanings that we can't even understand or utter that they want us, that after it's all said and done, says, Father, please, please make them into the image of your Son. Can I tell you that's why it's so easy it is so easy for Jesus to ask Paul to write this. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who can be against us? That he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall 
uh, he not with him also freely give us all things. Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the, who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is re written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, because of we're conformed to the image of his Son, it is so easy for, Paul to ask, or for Jesus to ask Paul to write this, yet in all things we're more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. When God, when the Holy Spirit is forming you and conforming you, if you're going with it or you're being dragged along the way, when that happens, and we all come out at the end of this thing looking like Jesus. Looking at the end, it's so easy for God to ask Paul, hey, write this. You're going to be more than conquerors. Can I tell you the reason why you have that addiction? The reason why we're always, devil knows exactly where to hit us, and we always fall at that point? Can I tell you the reason why? is because we're letty. James tells us that we're drawn, by, drawn away by our own lust. The reason why we fall so many times is because we just let him. We are more than conquerors. And then can I tell you, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. I understand that we're a farming and we're a manufacturing world around here. And a good work ethic is, is paramount. And don't get me wrong, I believe that men ought to work, and we should get our wage, and we should do what's right. But can I tell you, you cannot work for this. It is God who justifies. Famous quote from one of our contemporaries says this. Justification is infinitely more about God's faithfulness than our faithfulness. Yeah, y'all can laugh. That's what it's supposed to be. Can I tell you, you can't work enough for it. Sorry. I know that grinds at a lot of people. It does me too. I love to see my calendar full because it seems like I'm doing something, right? I'm busy. I'm working for the Lord. But can I tell you, you can't work for this. Sorry. Can I tell you, you will grow gray-haired and you will grow uh, bent over and stooped before you can ever work enough to have this. Can I tell you, it's a free gift through Jesus Christ. Hey. So stop being busy long enough to realize that you're more than conquerors not because of you but because of him
Todd, I almost let you just get up and preach. You started, you started like, he's using all my sermon points. I got one question. Is it really every chain? Is it really every chain that's broken? Is it really every chain that's broken by the power of Jesus? He says that we're more than conquerors. So upon this Independence Day, let it be known that some of us is coming out looking like Jesus today. And in our next breath, let us also be ready to go back under there. Okay? And we can be drawn or dragged a little bit closer to being conformed to his image. Can I tell you that it is by faith Romans it says it, Hebrews it says it, it's by the faith of Abraham that righteousness was imputed, that righteousness was given to him. It is faith and faith alone. You can't work for it. Can I tell you that you are infinitely behind the curve? You are not, you're not behind the curve because you've done a few bad things. You were actually born a sinner. So you're infinitely behind from even birth. So your first cry from there, you're already behind. It is only Christ who can catch up for you. It's only Christ that paid for it all. So without him, you'll never be justified. You'll never be forgiven. So as Todd and the musicians come up, here's the time for you to go, hey, you know what? I, I never have asked Christ to forgive me, forgive me of my sins and to make me clean, to make me righteous. I've never made that trade of my sins and his righteousness. I've never been made alive through Christ. It is your time to come and just be obedient to God. If you would stand. It may be that you say, hey, I'm, I've been saved for years, poor Chuck, but I just, I hadn't been, well, altar's here. In fact, God can hear you from your seat. If you want to come up and pray, that's open as well. But after it's all said and done, please do business with God. Be obedient to what God wants you, you to do. He is here listening. He is right beside you listening to what you want to say. He wants to hear from you. Be obedient.